You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. The following is an encore segment of Webcology. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Dave, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. Um, it is a uh, yeah, it's a great day. I've really enjoyed it so far, and uh, I'm meeting with your uh, your friend of mine, Mr. Mark Johnston, um, after the show for uh, for a quick coffee. So hey, it's just going to get better. Brilliant. Uh, and uh, Dave, it's been a slow week. I mean, there's not a heck of a lot to report from the search world, but there's uh, there's one thing that one article that was published at uh, Search Engine Land. I I, I, I want to comment on. You've seen the content of this article before. It was written by Patrick Stocks. Um, Patrick's a cool fella. He's an organizer of the Rally SEO Meetup Group. Uh, I met him in November in uh, when I was in Raleigh, North Carolina. Cool fella. And, uh, you know, when I think his head just boiled over, having dealt with craptastic SEO practices from people who really shouldn't be practicing SEO. Mm-hmm. Did you, uh, did you see this piece in uh, Search Engine Land? It was published uh, earlier today. SEO is as dirty as ever. I had seen across my radar, but then you had sent it uh, over to me pre-show, so I had a chance to, to glance through. Now, I had put it on my, I need to read what, what's here, because I had actually just seen a site yesterday that looked like it was spam circa 2001 and was actually ranking on local, which I, I found interesting. Um, so it was well-timed for me to see this article, but why don't you take us through this? What uh, What is he talking about? 
Well, okay. Believe it or not, <laughs> there's a lot of craptastic SEO being practiced out there. Now, to uh, I, I, I agree with you on coincidentally. I, I think that everybody who is a practicing SEO, including the ones who don't actually know what they're doing but think they are, should really read this piece. Um, for SEOs who know what they're doing, it's a good cover of, A, some of the stuff that's still happening out there, and, you know, B, it's just good to read stuff you know is bad stuff to uh, help prepare you if you ever come across it in the ecosystem. Yeah. And also to remind you of stuff that you really shouldn't be doing. Okay. He starts off with a believe it or not statement. Whenever you see that, your eyes got to perk up because, it's, you know, when someone says believe it or not, they're probably going to say something really crazy happens, which in yeah. fact it does. Keyword stuffing and hidden text still exist out there. I mean, really, can you, can you imagine? Some people are still trying to do white text on white background and stuff keywords in there, and they think it's a good, you know... <laughs> Um, they think it's a good thing to do. Because somehow it'll work. Clients. You know, people sell this to their clients. Well, and I think, you know what, I think you've hit the nail on the head, and I think we all, like, are, are in agreement on this. So that's actually where the problem is. <laughs> um, you know, we've talked about this regarding Penguin updates and, like, the cost of the, the length of them for example, um, you know, to business owners who might have not understood the context of what they're doing. Um, and you end up with somebody performing uh, with practices like this, white on white, or, you know, those sorts of things. Penalties hit, it costs the business money, um, and there's, you know, really nothing they can do in, until they get it back. Often a very, very costly and very, very time-consuming problem so i think that's where this comes in you know we can all sort of joke about the horrible tactics that are out there I, you know i i posted it on facebook like look at this horrible site in that case though it was the seo site themselves so i was totally <laughs> you know, fine with that if you want to burn your own stuff to the ground hey that's that's fine i mean i know you know many and you know them too affiliate marketers that's just the modus operandi right <laughs> just uh, burn it to the ground that's fine because they got 20 more coming up behind them um you know, if you're taking that approach to things, I think that's, that's fine because you're aware of the risks of what you're doing. But I think in a case like this, I feel sorry for, and, you know, I'm thinking of the SEO right now, but certainly in, in the, you know, or the SEO site that, that I saw, and I, I won't call it any names here, but um, that I actually saw using brutal, brutal strategies. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's like they've got clients. Was this the guy from Victoria that was being passed around earlier today? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Like that? Was that for real? It was for real. I ended up finding it, and he actually was ranking, or, or still is, uh, for localized searches. And, and just to give a, a context of update for our SEO listeners who might have been around for a while, uh, the page that I'd, I'd originally shared had this claim that he was operating out of thousands of cities across Canada had only 250 clients, you know, going, I have over 250 clients that are a thousand locations. I don't know why you have a thousand locations and 250 clients, but there you go. And then just lists, just massive lists of cities, <laughs> just, like, just massive. And some of them linked through and clearly the strategy was to have probably a scrape page, 
go to the product page. All the products are exactly the same with just like changes of numbers and stuff. The thing was, it was working from a localized perspective. Site ranked nowhere in the organic results, but it did work on local for them. So interesting, but I haven't seen these strategies since. I I don't even know the last time I I saw a strategy like that. Probably about 99, 2000. That like, hey, let's put a list of cities and then rank them just to rank for all the cities that we serve. But... uh, when I'm back out there again in October, mm-hmm. you and Mark Johnson, we've got to put on our darkest suits, get fedoras and sunglasses. <laughs> we've got to visit this guy. Okay? We've got to stand there. When he opens the door, we've got to stand there with our arms crossed to just look at him. <laughs> just I have no idea after that, but so far the fantasy is on the butt. Okay, well, there's other stuff that goes out there. Yeah, it happens out there. That's crazy that Patrick mentions. And again, I think it's totally worth mentioning so that SEOs out there know about it and uh, so that, you know, people who aren't SEOs who might be listening to the show know what to look out for. Mm-hmm. By the way, with that last tactic, with uh, with, with hidden text, mm-hmm. for newer SEOs, every time you get a website that you're looking at, every new, every new page in a website you're not familiar with, really quickly hit Control-A. That will basically highlight everything that's been put on that page. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that way you get to you know, see if there's any hidden stuff. Um, control A is, your, is one of your best friends. Use it every time you're looking at a new page. If you're working with an agency or you're working in a, in a large organization that actually has, a, has salespeople, you got to be awfully, if you're the SEO, you got to be awfully careful to make sure they're actually representing a service you can, you can offer. Yeah, yeah. You know, salespeople often sort of run off at the mouth. They get the sale and they leave, they leave you holding a bag you really can't hold. <laughs> mm-hmm. So careful about that. Um, if you're somebody who's contracting SEO services, watch out for absurd, ridiculous contracts. There's, a, there's some SEOs who operate under the shady sort of practice where they pretty much own all the content. They own the website. They, they, own, they host the website on their own servers. And when the client wants out of the contract, they, um, they're welcome to leave, but they can't leave with any other stuff. Right. And that's not cool. Um, if you're a customer, get all of the passwords. Insist on having passwords to everything. You may never use them, but insist on having them. And you should use them to make a backup of your own stuff at least once a week just in case something like this happens. It'll most certainly happen if your SEO company is using their own content management system. If somebody says, I'm going to build you a content management system that's better than anything else out there, better than Drupal, better than WordPress, chances are they're not going to, and they're going to hold your content hostage at the end of your, end of your contract. So don't go there. Um, again, uh, Patrick mentions not turning over account logins. Like, seriously, if you're the client and you're paying for this, that directory kind of belongs to you. Um, even with your PPC accounts, like if you're an, if you're a search engine marketer and you're not letting your client into the PPC accounts, then you either don't trust your client or they shouldn't trust you. 
you know a lot more BBC than, 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 than I do, Dave. What do you think? Would you, uh, would you let clients poke around in, in that back end? Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to ask them not to, but I uh, entirely agree with what your complaint here is. Um, like when I'm setting things up, and, and this is me, I, I do understand there's different models to it, but I will get basically the client to set up their account and then share it with my Google account with a clear, please look around all you like, but please don't touch anything while you're in there. But it is their account. It is billed under them. It is like, basically, I keep everything under the client's ownership. So at the end, if they decided, hey, I hate this Dave guy, it's them that owns this thing. It's not mine. Because, well, like, like you, I, I, you know, I, I charge them. <laughs> like, I charge them for the time I'm doing stuff. I charge them barely, um, you know, for, for, for both for people on both sides. And I just charge them by the hour, not percentage. And I do understand that's, that's different. I have no problem with charging percentage of revenue or, or whatnot, as long as it's, you know, up front. Um, but yeah, I have seen cases and they drive me nuts. Um, and it happened when a client was trying to come to me, they'd been running a paid search campaign for, for ages. I actually wasn't being brought in to run their paid search campaign. I was being brought in to do organic, but when I would like to see your paid search campaign so I can actually get a better understanding of what's going on. Um, with keywords on your site and, and what's happening. Um, and this is before the, the full, you know, the substantial integration with Google Analytics. And, and they said no. And I'm like, but the client's giving you money <laughs> for this, right? Like, no, it's proprietary. Not proprietary. I can use SpyFu to grab this data. Come on. Anyway, yes, it frustrates me. It does belong to the client as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't like that. Um, when, when I see that happen, um, you know, if you're hiding something from your client, you know, you shouldn't be. And if it's quote unquote proprietary, maybe the mechanisms to control the bidding is or, or something like that. Like maybe you have, you know, significant software helping you out. That's fine, but they need to actually be able to see their AdWords data um, or any data in, involving what, uh, what you're doing for them. So, um, you know, yeah, I, 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 to your, to your point. I don't like when I see anything hidden like that from, from clients. I think they have a right to see it. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, again, I just go, please don't touch anything while I'm here. <laughs> just don't, I mean, yeah, you could see the disaster that would cause. Um, and you can share, like, I, I have no problem if you're like, Hey, I'm just going to share read only right in, in certain areas. Hey, no problem. I don't want you touching stuff. And then asking me why my work isn't, you know, going well, right. Or, or something like that. But, but the client should be able to see what they're talking about. And at the end of the day, if they leave it, they should be the one to own it. Unless, you know, I can see specific, we will own this as part of the agreement. Okay. That's, that's fine. As long as you're not trapping them, as long as it's a, this is a rental of content or it's a rental of whatever, um, you know, but, uh, but, uh, you know, a, a scenario, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I think, I think one of the words you used was, was kind of, you know, prescient and that's our phrases to use and that's at the end of the day because i mean let's face it we have a service to client we have service to client businesses and all days end as all engagements will end yeah the client hopefully if you've done your job well still exists and they're still doing business um and so are you by the way because you're the, one of the beauties of, of our of our businesses is when one engagement ends, there's always two or three more coming up the pipeline. So we have a pretty high turnover when it comes to uh, client services. I go through um, easily a dozen clients 
a year. I want to retain them, but you know, there's other ones coming in. The ones who are leaving, it's. I think it's really important they leave with more knowledge than they came with, and that again, I'm only as you said, we're only leasing this content for a little while. It's not actually mine. I'm just you know you're using my time to work on it, but still, you're you're Seth. Yeah, yeah. You paid for it. It's yours. Um, there's more out there, and uh, we're going to have to burn through, actually, because it's, you know, we have about 20 minutes left in the show, uh, five minutes before we got to go to commercial. Private blog networks, paid links, and spam. It's been, what, four years, five years now since Google's really cracked down on link spam, on, uh, on blog spam, on... Uh, Guess what? Best blogging was two and a half years ago, three years ago. Yeah, and it's still all out there. Link networks still. I mean, link networks are amazing, and I've seen. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm getting this off of uh, Patrick's article, but I've seen some big, really well-known names who I ain't gonna name here, but they're they're doing these god awful link networks. It's depressing. Oh, I know. I know. Um, and we all know them. And it is, a, it, it's surprising when you see it and you're like, really them, right? Like when it, it's companies that are sizable and they should know better, well, um, engaged in, in practices like that. Moreover, some of these big companies are big names in the SEO world who are doing this. I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it, a link network will, and you know, a whole bunch of backlinks, culture, culture will get you very good short term results. It's going to happen. Yeah, but there's a really high likelihood, not 100%, you could get away with it. The meddling kids might not be around the corner. They <laughs> probably are when you're talking about, talking about Google. And that's the thing, eh? with, with, with link practices, you can't say with 100% definite, this will happen if you do that. You will be penalized. Well, the truth is, I don't know. Same with removing links. Like, uh, you know what you do when, when, when you get a new client, you do a link on it, you see all these crazy links, right? And you do the responsible thing, you remove them, right? Yep. Some people have built a business, they're calling them penguin uh, recovery businesses. Now, that's, if you see a penguin recovery business out there, beware. There's nothing to recover from right now because they haven't released a damn update. <laughs> So if somebody's going to help you recover from the pen- penguin penalty, they're probably lying. And they're probably going to take your entire link network and just help your sculpture their way through it, removing stuff so that they have a reason to bill you. Beware of this stuff. It's, it's like uh, the old old um, link submission service or URL submission services of old that is still being sold out there as SEO. Yeah. Um. I get cleanup jobs like this too. I, you know, in the initial interview, you, you got the client, and you're finally got a, got around to talking to like a, a CTO or somebody on their tech team who knows what they're talking about, and then you find out that the reason that that you that they came to you in the first place was because someone dumped a whole bunch of backlinks and they don't know where to find them. Right. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Cause yeah, just, I know, I know. It's <laughs> like, oh, shoot. You didn't keep the list, did you? 
And sometimes they don't. And it's like, oh, well, now I have to increase my bill by, you know, depends on the number of links, but like at least a good few hours, generally a few dozen, because now I need to hunt them all down, crawl them and all that. So anyway. Means the newest person in any given SEO office is going to be having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to be doing that. Come on. <laughs> like, ah, time to look through this. You know what? Actually, it depends on the scenario when I am dealing with penalties. Okay, the crawling and stuff, not so much. But the actual hands-on, all right, we need to decide which ones to get rid of. I can't help myself, Jim. I just can't help it. Oh, I no, need no, to no. look. <laughs> when you're doing it, that's different. I'm talking about doing a cleanup job from somebody else's mistakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I no, no. When you're doing it, that's different. <laughs> but on the cleanup jobs, come on. You are not calling uh, 200 different businesses. Thank you. Could you please put the link back? Someone made a mistake. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, okay. Sitting on hold, we have the co-founder and current CEO of Raven Tools, John Henshaw. He's going to be coming up after the break, but before we can have John on, I'm afraid we have to take that break. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beatsuck Engine Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. It's the 22nd of September, 2016. Summer is over, folks, but we'll be back after these breaks. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Add some Cranberry Radio podcast to your playlist. As part of a better profit margin, Cranberry Radio, it's it's good for you, really. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. 
Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Content for your ears. And everything in between. Cranberry.fm. The following is an encore segment of Webcology. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beatsuck Internet Marketing, and we got a treat today. We're joined by the co-founder, chief product officer from Raven Internet Marketing Tools, John Henshaw. Now, John's been involved with uh, website development and internet strategy since before me and Dave. This guy's been around longer than us. since 1995. He's a he's on like every speaker tour, uh, speaker circuit. Raven is a sponsor of most of the the, the larger uh, marketing conferences, digital marketing conferences around North America and around the world. So you want to meet this guy. It's not hard to meet him. We get to meet him here on the radio today. John Henshaw, welcome to Webcology. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, man, thanks for being on. Um, I wasn't in Seattle last week. Dave was. He says you gave a killer session. Uh, what were you talking about? Um, <laughs> I don't remember giving a killer session. <laughs> I'll, I'll so, jump in. It was actually a different one with David Vogel that I was referring to um, earlier. Um, on uh, sorry, uh, John, I had uh, been referencing your webinar, and and you know what? I totally see how the confusion happened there. I'm happy to know I didn't black out. <laughs> I didn't remember. Never trust was. the media. <laughs> well, at least we got on that. Got on that super fast. Um, yeah, I mean that was that's when I knew I had to have you on the show, John. Uh, and then, of course, ran into you and have, have you know been tootling around with your, your tools for for ages. Um, just to give folks an idea, before we head in here, and I know Jim, I shared this with you before before we launch in here, and we can talk about some of the strategies from the webinar. We can talk about some SEO in general. I'm interested in your take on on Possum. Uh, but if, if anybody wants to dump in to uh, to Google Page Speed Insights, just dump in Raven Tools website. <laughs> and you'll know why this is a guy we need to be talking to about about websites. Um, sorry, John, I've never seen page speeds like that before. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like where they're consistently, I think your low score on mobile is 93, right? And a lot of them is just caching issues of third-party stuff that you can't control. So that's impressive, um, to, to say the least. I, I hand-coded all of it with everything I knew <laughs> to do and, uh, and, and chucked as much as I could that I didn't need. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm glad it's fast for you. It was a joy making it from the geek side of me. 
<laughs> it was it was impressive. Um, so let's watch it, and, and we're going back a little bit here, and I, I want to talk lots about about a variety of different subjects with you, but uh, of course, but we're already starting in here, and I know I guided it, so so there we are, we're on that path now. Um, we're we're talking about. Um, speeds and, and things like that. You gave a, and I'm going to totally, totally um, destroy his last name, so I apologize to David on this one, and I'll try and have it right by the time we have him on the show. Um, you gave a great webinar for, with, uh, with WP Engines' David Vogelpohl. Again, I might be, I'm no, that, that sounds good, right. David Yeah, Vogelpohl. that sounds pretty good. <laughs> okay. Um, now, Let's let's just sort of let's start there and and sort of cover some of the stuff. And I started on speed, so we all know speed's important. It's important for your users. It's an important Google signal. What were some of the things that you were talking about? And you know, I wrote a blog post on it, so I'm looking at that now. So I got a cheat sheet here. But <laughs> for our audience's sake that isn't looking at it, um, what, what are some of the what are some of the things that that you think are of, of critical importance to get a, a page? I mean, and the thing that's impressive about yours, you can fake page speed. And we all know that, right? Like you can do all the things Google needs and still have a miserably slow site. Your site loads super fast. Um, probably one of the fastest site loads of, of that type of site that I've ever seen. So. How do you do that? Well, there, there's an epidemic of pretty much all websites out there, and that is even if you have good information and you know what you're doing uh, or you think you know what you're doing, at the end of the day, everybody's doing the same thing. And what I mean by that is uh, they're always going with a CMS. Uh, majority, as we know, usually go with WordPress, which I recommend. Um, and, and pretty much everybody is using some sort of system to to build their site on and when you do that you end up limiting your ability to fully tweak your site and so what happens is is as you use a cms as you use these like sort of templated systems you end up having javascript either that you don't need and or in places it shouldn't be meaning loading uh before the rest of the content and and so and people just kind of they do that and they do a great job um, I mean, in other words, compared to pretty much everybody else's out there, even the top 10%, they're doing a great job. And yet, it's still not fully optimized, and it's still, in my opinion, not good enough. And and so this was uh, – I, I took the opportunity when we were able to redesign our site uh, in conjunction with the, the launch of our new site auditor to do something completely different, which was go old school and to go kind of full circle – to where I even started before we even had any of these tools and we before we had any CMSs. And I just hand-coded everything. And, and I think the only scripting uh, that I did were like some includes <laughs> and using PHP. Uh, but I just made sure uh, every single thing was perfect. And I literally chucked everything out. And, and, and if it came down to, hmm, uh, I... Typically, I might use this JavaScript library for blah, blah, blah. But if I really was like, you know, I don't need it. The user, it's not really going to make a difference. Uh, then it would be gone. And then in the few cases where I needed or wanted to have the JavaScript for, for something, I just made sure it only was present for that particular page. That's the other thing a lot of people will do is, is they add this feature. They want to have something on their site. And so when they add the JavaScript, it's on every page. And so you have... Uh, again, this epidemic of just sites out there 
that have all this code and all these things on there that aren't even being used when the user goes there, and all it does is slow down your site. And that's really what I did. I mean, there, there are some other things I did, which I also mentioned in that presentation, and they were things like using uh, source set, uh, the, the, new, the new standards-based attribute for images, so I can display completely different images based on the uh, type of device that's accessing the site. Okay, I'm going to, you know what, I, I'm going to have to jot that down, because we're going to get back to that one, because it was a, I, I totally want to talk about that, because I didn't know that before you were talking about it, by the way. Um, so, but, now for, for most of our, most of our listeners, and, and just most people in the general audience, there's a reason we're using WordPress, right, and then they're using WordPress, is they're not about to hand code their site, right? I mean, mm-hmm. for you, this is easy stuff. For a lot of people, they, it, it really, really isn't. I was actually reading an interesting article earlier today, unrelated to our show, but it basically, and it's a great thing for, for us as a whole, or our industry as a whole, referred to things like WordPress as a gateway drug, right? Like you, you use it as a, as a newbie because you can quickly throw together a site and you don't want to learn coding. And then you start to figure out other things you want and then slowly you get, you know, clawed into actually learning. It's like a gateway drug. <laughs> like actually coding. It's a good drug. I, I love that drug. I mean, it I it is awesome. And, and I mean, it's, it's a fantastic thing. But for most people, they're not about to sit down and hand code their sites, right? I mean, for, for the standard. So you gave a, a really interesting idea to me anyway, um, or, or made a really interesting point in, in the webinar, talking about sort of reverse engineering. You know, you've got your theme. That's all well and good. You pick, you know, whatever, template monster or something, right? Like you, you picked a, a stock theme that you could use or, or even one of WordPress's. The problem with them, as we all know, is they include a bunch of – they're meant to be flexible. They're meant to be able to change a bunch of features and functions. So the style sheets, that everything has more than it needs to have in it. And then you talked about a solution to that um, in, in getting developers in there to sort of assist in, in shrinking that down. How's that process? What, yeah, what do you so, do if you're dealing with that? So it's not that I don't use WordPress on our new site. It's just I only use it on our blog. And, and that's just because it just makes the most sense to do that. And, and because I, I chose to not create a hundred marketing pages. <laughs> I, cho- I chose to kind of keep it kind of pared down and, and focused and simple. And that was a strategic SEO choice on, on my part. But as far as WordPress goes, what I recommended was for people to not go and simply take a theme that even if it's from a trusted source and it says totally SEO optimized, to not take that at face value. And and so one thing you could do, which you sort of just alluded to, was that you, you could go ahead and get that theme and then have somebody who knows how to edit that code, kind of trim things down uh, and move things around. The problem with that is when that theme maker makes their update, you're kind of screwed. And, and, so, and so for that reason, I don't, rec- I don't recommend going that route. Uh, what I do recommend doing, which again is not, and you said this too, is is is, is not an easy thing. It's uh, most of the, I'll just say it right now, the the best way to do things is just not easy, particularly when it comes to SEO. <laughs> it's just the best way to do things just takes manual effort. I mean, and in fact, I'll even go so far as to say, and and this is I, I probably shouldn't even say this as a software maker, um, but you know, even the best SEOs say the best tool is the person, not the tool. <laughs> you know, so so tools can only help you so much. But the, at the end of the day, if you want the best outcome and the best results, it takes a human being to do that. So so what I recommended was uh, to use a uh, sort of an HTML CSS responsive library called Zurb. 
Foundation, Z-U-R-B Foundation. And there is a bare bones, it's really easy to just Google this, you'll find it. There is a bare bones WordPress theme that is made with the latest version of Zurb Foundation, uh, which is very kind of similar to like Bootstrap. And, and, to, and to essentially start there, that's where I recommend people start. And then and essentially you know, make your site. And, and what I try to do is I make sure I, I, uh, after I've done sort of my information architecture, I know how I want things set up and I'm going to have my certain templates and pages set up. After I put that all together and I apply my design, I, I then start just trimming. And I'm not sure I even mentioned this in that mentioned this in that presentation, but I I just trim and trim and trim. I go into the CSS, I go into even the JavaScript that that might be necessary, and I I te- I take out and test everything until you pretty much have only the code that you need, and then using best practices such as putting JavaScript at the very end, um, I do that. I even did some crazy things like with with our own site where I didn't even use the HTML uh, body and head elements, mm-hmm. uh, they don't even exist in my code. I mean, I, I, I super trimmed. And, it, and it's because it's, it's, it validates. It's still standard. The browser actually generates those things, and, and it's not required by the living standard HTML or HTML5. So, so I, just, I go pretty hardcore <laughs> on, on all these things. But, but what, you know, as a SEO and a geek, what I end up with is this what I consider this piece of art <laughs> as far as the code goes. And then just like what you said, if anybody who's listening to this goes to raventools.com, it should be the fastest damn site you've ever been to. I mean, it is, it is really fast. It is static. It is going through Cloudflare. It is using HTTP2 protocol. Um, it is fast. I'm there now, and he's right. It's bloody fast. <laughs> now, the blog on WordPress is not as fast, and that bothers the crap out of me. Um, but but you can tell the difference between if you go hand coded static, uh, and then have and then go with a CMS like WordPress, which is I have it fully optimized. It's just uh, it's just a slight second slower, even though it's still technically fast and probably faster than most other blogs out there running WordPress. Um, the fastest you're going to get is just make that sucker static and just trim it all down. And and uh, and, and it's funny because to me. With, and we might even get into this with this conversation about AMP and stuff. Uh, it's There's no difference between the speed of that and AMP, and I'm not having to use any special Google you know, markup. Well, actually, I was going to ask, John. I was looking at one of your blog pages, um, and I haven't gone into the code on that page, but that your blog isn't AMPed up? It is, if you do slash AMP on slash, the... Yeah, this, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's AMPed up. <laughs> Um, I do it. You know what? I, that's I'm going to topic, which is, I mean, it's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had mentioned you shouldn't say this is a tool manufacturer, and you know what? Let's just to call a spade a to call a spade a spade, because you're saying, yeah, the most useful tool is actually the human being. Um, you know, the, the 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 fastest plane in the world, the Lockheed, um, was was you know a, a great. I mean, it, it cracked all sorts of records. Comes in at like 3,500 uh, miles per hour. Now it was it was flown by a guy Major Morgan. Now I'm thinking Major Morgan can't run that fast, <laughs> and a baby would have crashed that thing in a second. So it's you know to the defense because you have a great tool set of tools, tools in the right hands now make that great user the most powerful tool is the user. Tools in the right hands can make that person incredible. 
Well, I would say uh, where it makes, him it makes him incredible, but it, it makes him more efficient. In yeah. other words, like to take a, a good example would be with our site auditor. I would never, ever want to hand check everything. In fact, if I'm as a human being, I would make mistakes in hand checking. So, so I, I, I would miss broken links. I would, I would miss all kinds of things because that's just overwhelming. So absolutely, um, in the right hands, tools can be fantastic, and in the right hands, tools can make a good a good person amazing. Yeah, that's certainly much, much more efficient. Now, you touched on, and I love it, um, what is it, source set, image. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this, because I hadn't heard about it until that webinar, and it is one of the, the funnest things for image optimization I, I, I think I've ever encountered. Yeah, and, and, and it's actually... At first, it looks a little intimidating, but it's actually incredibly easy to use, and and it's a web standard, which is what gets me excited. Uh, in that, uh, it's not something that requires some sort of special JavaScript and, and that type of thing. So, so basically, before Source Set existed, the only way to serve different images based on, say, the device that was coming was to be able to have special code that would detect uh, what was what was uh, accessing the site and then deliver. A special, you know, image for that and that type of thing, and that is, that to me is just not elegant and awful, <laughs> and 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 not something that's easy to really implement. And and so, uh, the this new standard of HTML, I, I like using the word standard here because it's, it means that pretty much all modern browsers supported. It. It's not something special you have to do. There's no JavaScript code. It's literally just HTML. There is is an attribute called source set, and it's S R. C, uh, S E T, or, or I'm pretty sure that's it. And mm-hmm. and you add it to the regular image attribute, and or as some people might say, tag. And and so, essentially, when you have a regular image, you just do image source equals whatever that is. Well, you might be serving a really big image, like a lot of people do, that looks great on desktop. It actually looks pretty good on mobile, but it's gigantic. Uh, it might be several hundred kilobytes, and and that's not what you want to be doing when somebody's accessing your site on a, on a phone or a small device. And, and so what SourceSet does is it lets you uh, specify completely different images. And, and so uh, it's, it lets you specify images based on the device's width, and it also lets you specify images based on... Uh, it's uh, de- the definition of the screen. So if a high-definition screen or retina screen, then it will uh, serve that correct image. And so it's amazing because you can serve completely different sizes exactly for that. Um, and go ahead. I, I know we have to go to, to, to break here in, in just a second, but one of the things that I, I thought was awesome about it, so I, and, and since you told me, I, I'm going to let you tell people, um, but it's in, in regards to actually providing a different image um, and the right. advantages that that would yield, not just in speed, but in actual user experience. Exactly. Do, do I have time to say that? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, so uh, it is my favorite thing about SourceSet, it's, and that is that you're not just delivering a different size that's optimized for the device. You can also specify a completely different image, different dimension, different everything, so that it is optimized for that device for the user, so that the user actually doesn't see a shrunken version of the image, they actually see a different version of that information, so that they can 
the user experience that they have on their phone is the best possible. And so we've done uh, a, a bit of that over the past couple of years, and it's worked really well. No, we got to do that sort of thing live time here on the radio, um, and massaging our questions and giving time warnings and such. And one of those is we got to take a break here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Uh, stick around, friends. Uh, John's going to be uh, sitting in the studio for a few more minutes. But until then, on behalf of Dave Davis for being Second Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger for Digital Ways Media. You're listening to Webcology on Cranberry. We're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit you altogether sure did, because Jimmy. it seemed like a huge waste of money? Smythe. Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on <laughs> average. Are we allowed to talk? The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make that your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Well, Whether you're just starting uh, out or uh, want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for I'll you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. The very last Great two websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. The following is an encore segment of Webcology. Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry. I said, I said cranberry.fm. It is the uh, 22nd of September, 2016. For the record, we used to be Webmaster Radio, but things change. We are now Cranberry.fm. We're joined by uh, John Henshaw, uh, co-founder and chief product officer from Raven Tools. Uh, Dave, you, you, you've been drawing an amazing interview. Go for it, brother. <laughs> All right. I'm going to switch gears here for a minute. We may go back and forth here, John, because uh, I don't know. We, we, yeah, for our listeners who don't know, John and I actually had a chance with, uh, with Mary to have some sit down, have some dinner, had a great conversation there. We were all at MozCon together. Uh, John, let's, let's talk MozCon here for a minute then. Sure. What, 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 did, you, what did you take away? I mean, it was, to me, it was, it was probably one of the best. I've only been to a few of them, but it was, it was good. Some great speakers. Uh, what, what did you think? Uh, I was there, I, th- I think they had me as a speaker there like two or three years ago, and it was one of the best, most professionally done conferences I've ever been a part of. I mean, it was pretty much tremendous. <laughs> and, and so it had been a little while and it's gotten bigger <laughs> since, since the last time, like even bigger. And, and it was just, it's run so well. And I mean, and, and even the food is awesome <laughs> and that's important to me. I really, I really like food and, and even, even the snacks is <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, 
it, you're hard pressed to find a better conference that's put on. And, and one of the things I've always liked about it is it's single track. I, I really like the single track. I like the fact that uh, they every speaker who's going to speak is going to be pretty darn good. And, and you're probably going to get something out of it. Now, I personally wasn't interested in every topic because I'm just not. Um, but every everyone I went to and, and listened to, people knew what they were talking about. And, and the people around me seemed to be responding pretty well to it. So so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's one of the best, if not, you know, maybe close to the best conferences out there. And, and, and it, it reminded me of the one a few years ago, just bigger. You know what? That's that's a good point. And I remember the first time I was uh, I was going to it too. It was like, uh, yeah, you, you sort of go, ooh, single track, and like, but what if I don't like something? Uh, well, here's the thing: you you sit through it anyway, or take the opportunity to get some work done, which is usually what I did. I would like, okay, I'm going to get some work done, but I'll sit here and, and kind of listen, and, and you end up learning stuff that might be outside your area, but that you can call on and, and use. So I think that was that was handy. Um, and, and, and really is great. And yeah, kudos to, to Rand and crew on, uh, on throwing another, another great one. Um, so now, now I'm going to, I'm going to drag us back in and sorry for our listeners. I'm going to drag us back into the more technical stuff because I, I, I love technical stuff and, and, you know, it, it's what you, what you specialize in because <laughs> is, is the nuts and bolts or at least what your tool, one of its core functions is yes. here's where crap breaks. Um, so, you know what, let's, let's actually start there. I had an opportunity, well, many opportunities over the years, but I use your tool. Um, and, and I was, I was running it on a site and, and was actually surprised um, because, you know, we all, every, every SEO and, you know, Jim, I'm sure you do. I know I do. And, and most, you know, a lot of our listeners probably do. We have a, we have a litany of different tools we call on, right? Be it Moz, be it, you know, Screaming Frog, be it Xenu, the, you know, crawler, whatever. We all use a, a litany of different tools to analyze our sites. Um, something that surprised me, and it had been the first time in a really long time that I'd been surprised by something like this, ran years over, it was our site, and went, Oh, it actually is catching errors that the other ones didn't. <laughs> and actually, Use at the end of my the ears. day, pretty <laughs> errors. Right? Like things that I was like, oh, well, I don't even understand how that's not built in. <laughs> the other <laughs> ones actually detect this. Um, and you know what? I, I'm not even going to reveal the secret sauce on air just to say I, I, I've now fixed it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but... I won't get into specifically what it is in your advantage. People can, I think you have a free trial, so people can try it out if they want, they want to see it on their site. Um, but what, what do you think? Like, I mean, you're, you're building these tools. What are you looking at, Ben, as some of the, the more core areas? When it comes, like, let's look at your site auditor. Um, like, what is it looking for? And, and in that, I'm wanting to really hear, what do you think, as somebody with your experiences, are the most important technical areas that these things need to be built to look at? And that we should be paying attention to as SEOs, right? Well, I, I think the the first one generally has to do with anything that's broken. <laughs> I mean, anything that is that is not rendering. I, I call the visibility issues. Uh, in fact, in our our platform version, which is the original version of the Site Auditor, uh, we have them ca- categorized as content and visibility and and those type of things. And so, visibility is generally the number one thing. Uh, then we start looking at uh, essentially things, you know, links and images and things that are around uh, quality. Uh, so, so with links, 
to me, there's significance there because it actually matters what you're linking to both internally and externally. And it matters if, if uh, stuff isn't working. Uh, and then when you get into things like images, that uh, also includes something along, along the lines of like with, with both user experience and quality of the site. I've, I've always thought that the, uh, the quality of a site, and I don't mean just the content of that site, but whether or not it's falling apart or not actually matters to the algorithm uh, because, <laughs> because it, it is a bad user experience. If you if a user go if many users go to a site and it is janky <laughs> and then mm-hmm. things are are broken everywhere and that type of thing. Uh, in fact, that's probably why you don't see a lot of those ranking that well, uh, at least the ones that you visit in search results. Um, but I would say that from a technical standpoint, for me personally, and and also being in charge of that product, that kind of being my baby, uh, I it's all about thinking like Google. And and so I'm going to be, and we know that especially in the in the past few years that Google cares about speed, Google cares about user experience, and and so those are a lot of the things that we're looking at and, and checking for. Um, as far as moving forward, though, and as far as having that com- that uh, competitive advantage, that's the other thing that we're focused on in regards to at least how we're building this tool because it's right now it's 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 only the beginning of, of what we want to build. There, I have an entire giant list of checks and things I want to add, things that other, um, I would say, competing products don't have that I, I really feel like need to be there. And and so, uh, it, and it, so it's looking for all the little, you know, the, the money left on the table type things, the things that nobody's paying attention to that you can look for and and change. And and so one of those things might even be, uh, even what we were talking about earlier. Uh, I don't know if anybody has a source set check. Well, I, that's probably pretty good. It might be a really good idea to look for large images that aren't using source set and identify those or recommend those. That's just one example of the type of things that uh, we're looking to add next that I would that I personally would want a tool to check for for me, and so that's sort of the direction we're going. That's how we're approaching it. So, John, you and, you and your, uh, your developers are sitting around, or you and a, a bunch of other SEOs are sitting around, and someone comes up with the idea, we really want to add this to the product. From that time, you know, you think it's a great idea. What's the normal turnaround time in, in adding a new feature to a product like yours? Yeah, you know, it really, it really depends, and, and part of it is because we, we ended up building so much software. I mean, it, it's, the question's kind of a loaded question, so I'm going to try to work through this. For me, I mean, not, not, not that it was intentional on your part, but I'm saying, like, that's a kind of a big question. Kind of um, my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. So, so we built this. We originally started off as just focus on SEO and then uh, got very ambitious, and we are like, we want to be everything for everybody. And we ended up going down social and paid and all these different uh, avenues, and we kind of built something that was bigger than we could actually manage and, and maintain. And kind of, and so that's, that's kind of where we found ourselves. And it got to the point where there were too many things that we wanted to do and we could barely do any of them because now we had to maintain everything. And so what we've done is we've, we've kind of pulled back in the past couple of years and said, you know what, we're going to focus on the things that people use the most and love the most and, and pay us for. And, and so for us that is, that's become – uh, the reporting plat- part of the platform, and then site auditor. So, with all that being said, right now we're we're mainly focused on uh, the features that go into those two areas. 
when we get somebody, whether it's myself or, or somebody internally, or we're getting a lot of feature requests from our customers to do a particular feature, uh, as you can imagine, there are a lot of ideas. And, and so we, we kind of weigh everything out uh, based on what I just said, which is like, who's asking for it? Uh, you know, do we think it really needs to be there? Will this be a differentiator in the marketplace? Um, so we kind of look at all those things and then, and basically just go, okay, we're doing this now. Like, this is what we're going to focus on, and we're going to focus on this until we're done, and then we're going to choose the next thing. But there's always a lot of criteria that goes in to prioritizing that list. I can tell you that list is very long. Um, it's always very difficult. You're, uh, we always make somebody unhappy <laughs> because, because we haven't done it yet. So an example would be Facebook ads. People have been wanting Facebook ads in our reporting platform for a long time, but we just have not been able to, to – complete that yet because we had UX issues with reporting that we just needed to fix and actually launched earlier this week. Um, we had certain things we wanted to get out the door with the site auditor and it's just, you know, there's only so much we can do. We are, we are a bootstrap company. We have zero in, investors. Uh, it is owned half by me and half by my, my business partner. And so, you know, we, we, we have to just kind of pick and choose and just commit ourselves to it and hope for the best. And that, that's kind of how we do it. Now, I know we just have a, have a few minutes left here, so I'm going to just touch on a subject that for some people will go over their heads. For some of our listeners going to love it. we got uh, just about two minutes left. You talked about it in, uh, in the webinar. You talked about schema. Um, the, the site auditor, um, actually I can't remember if it's in the site auditor or in the, the platform, but anyway, um, in your tool set, um, you actually have, that's, that's one of its, its crawl checks is to find out, hey, does this thing have, have schema, do the pages have schema, and there's, there's a few of them that I know are, are specifically important to you. How important is this for SEO, and who's it most important for? Well, when, when we say schema, we really mean structured data, and, and so the reason why structured data is important is because it is the clearest way to communicate to a bot what uh, the context of your content, and so, the, and so the reason why I think it's important is because if you're not using it, then you aren't communicating as clearly as possible to a search bot and to Google. And, and so structured data can take different forms. It originally was, was RDFA and microformats. Um, eventually Google came up with schema.org. And, and so, uh, however, you don't necessarily have to use it to communicate things really well. There are also HTML standards that apply the same type of context and structure uh, to search engines, and I and I actually I think mentioned that in that webinar, which was things like uh, nav and aside and section and article. Um, those are all HTML standards that you can. Uh, they're they're all HTML elements that you can wrap different pieces of content around, and that will communicate to a search engine what it is. And so, for example, I I always use the aside element around an ad or something that is unrelated to that page's content. So I can tell a search engine that do not consider this to be what this page is about. It's just, it is truly an aside. And so those are things, even without schema.org, that you can use that are just standard HTML. Okay, and on that, I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it. We're about to hear the music playing us out. So John Henshaw, uh, co-founder and chief product officer of... Uh of Raven Marketing Tools. Thank you so much for spending time on us with Web on Webcology today. Thanks for having me. It's great. Uh, um, great content coming up on Cranberry after the news. 
stick around and we'll be we'll be with you same time next week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 